The Icarus Complex Written, narrated and edited by Lyndon Cole Episode 5 After Kaylee, it was clear that once again a real proper break from girls was needed. I was mad at myself for not sticking to this originally, because I hadn't taken our breakup very well. I became very obsessive, withdrawn, and spent most of my time upsetting myself. Again, listening to the radio didn't help. With every song that played, I managed to find some connection between it and Kaylee and I's relationship and often found myself breaking down in tears. 2002 was the year of You Got It Bad by Usher. Girlfriend by NSYNC. And oddly enough, Gotta Get Through This by Daniel Benfield. Among other songs infamous for having an adverse effect on me. It was obvious I was not going to be able to cope with another two years at Ravensbourne in her company. So I moved to another school for sixth form. I filled out my application on a Monday. And by the Wednesday I was a student at Langley Park. Langley Park, school for girls. Yes, on top of everything else that I had been through, what better decision than to go to a mixed sixth form in a girls' school for A-level? You see, I was a boy of two in performing arts, a boy of five in psychology, and the only boy in French. So I was constantly outnumbered and surrounded by girls for a further two years. I had to reinvent myself, and unsurprisingly, I didn't take things seriously and played up to the fact that I had a continuous female heavy audience and ended up getting below my targeted grades for both performing arts and psychology and a U in French. This meant that I didn't get into any of my chosen university choices and had to go through clearing. But within a matter of hours of my results being confirmed, I inquired at UE Bristol offered me a place studying BA psychology for three years and I immediately accepted. 
It was all rushed. And I knew nothing about Bristol, UEA's university or its credentials. I just wanted to get out of London and I wanted to move away from home. I so badly wanted my independence and I wanted a fresh start away from the likes of Kaylee. And I intended on putting all the drama behind me in a new city and more importantly, a new me. So, I moved to Bristol, into the first shared house that was available at short notice. And that's where I met Clive Rose, who was my first Bristol friend and housemate. It's a testament to our friendship considering what him and I have been through, that till this very day, him and I remain friends. But you'll hear about him later. We lived with two other girls, and a Chinese foreign exchange student who quickly became our friend. But it was my next friend that I was introduced to that probably shaped my time at uni and Bristol in the most significant way. Alcohol. Alright, so the thing is, until then, the most alcohol that I'd ever consumed would have been a few sips of Baileys from my mum's glass on maybe three occasions. And then half a bottle of Smirnoff Ice at the barbecue during my A-levels with friends. The latter becoming a talking point for mums during sixth form because it was the first time I exhibited intoxicated tendencies. I would hear, Liam got drunk off half a bottle of Smirnoff Ice, which is something I still deny, as within myself I felt fine. But according to others, I was all over the shop. But you know what, could you blame me? My body was not at all alcohol trained. I was a lightweight and going out every Friday to get smashed at the local club was not something that I ever did. I ostracised myself from the drinking going clubbing scene for all of my teenage years. So when I went to university, Freshers Week was like 18 years of Christmases and birthdays roll into one. <laughs> Flipping out, man. Yeah. I went mental. Woo! I was out almost every night in that first week. From house parties, to phone parties, to red light, green light parties at the student union. However, there was a snag. I didn't have problems making friends. That was something I'd worked on since primary school. But I didn't like alcohol. In fact, scrap that. I still don't. I hated the taste. I hated the smell. I hated everything about it. The only drinks I could manage were Smirnoff Ices or Malibus and Cokes. And even at a push, they were hard going for me. So I pretty much just downed every drink that I bought or was put in front of me. It resulted in a cheap night, but it also meant that the effects ran their course a whole lot sooner than it probably should. 
as I'd not ever experienced what it was like to be drunk before. I can't say I agreed with the feeling at first. It made me incredibly emotional, sensitive, unstable, call it what you want. But no one should storm off from the school disco in Freshers Week and walk a route home that they are not quite 100% sure of. Using a stick to beat trees, post boxes and any other obstacles that were in their way. Thinking about this now, yeah, that behaviour was mental. Because I can't even tell you what made me that angry enough in the first place to do that. Let's be honest, it was idiotic and childish. And something bad could have seriously happened to me. I realised this the next day when I woke to find myself fully clothed with my protection stick resting beside my bed. Just know that I kept that stick. Till this very day I still have it. Although I am unsure why. It was supposed to serve as a reminder, a sort of deterrent, from the dumb stuff, stroppiness and situations alcohol could ultimately put me in. Although it's still a memento, the drinking never ceased after that. So I'm actually unsure as to what use that stick actually had. I should probably get rid of it. Soon after, I started going to lectures. At least, attempted to. Because I was more interested in going out and making the most of the opportunity to meet new people. With my newfound talent of downing drinks in seconds, my nights were affordable and pleasant. I remember I left my coat in Evolutions, one of the clubs I'd been parting hard in the night before. So when I returned the following day to get it back, the owner of the club asked me about my previous working experience and then offered me a bar job on the spot. Of course, I took it. I needed the money, and what better excuse to work and hang out in one of the hottest student clubs in Bristol at the same time. I also joined the uni football team, so was out more and more, so you could say I was having the time of my life, surrounded by new friends on a daily basis. The student lifestyle for me was fantastic, and all the previous years of despair and upset soon became a distant memory. The months rolled by. I started to go to university less and less. Couldn't handle the only morning lectures. And Clive and I spent most of our nights at Evolutions, taking advantage of the free Walker Red Bull deals I was entitled to being on the payroll. We also continued to make friends wherever we went. I was, however, smug about who I hung out with. For example, I hadn't even bothered to introduce myself or socialise with our neighbours, who were also students, because I found them to be a bit weird. And Clive pretty much agreed with anything I said anyway, and so followed suit. However, my disdain of them wore thin 
after what seemed like non-stop pressure from them to get to know me. And it was during one of our many dual house gatherings that I met Zoe North. I never did understand what her parents were thinking spelling her name like that. Z-O-W-I-E which actually to me spelled Zowie, but it was Zoe. The W and the I were really unnecessary. And that kind of pretty much sums up a lot about Zoe's personality. She was loud, very loud, even brash and in your face, and always keen on being center of attention. Yet for some reason, I really liked that about her. She too lived on our road, a few doors up, in a house full of girls, and originally from a small secluded town in Devon. She was blonde and 20 years old, studied physiotherapy and was short, although more petite than dwarfish. She could drive and had a car and was obsessed with pink and all things girls related. She reminded me of the young Reese Witherspoon character from Legally Blonde. And although her nose resembled somewhat of a snout, I looked past her facial blemish and sought to flirt with her at every opportunity. It came as a surprise to later find out that she actually liked me too. And from there we exchanged numbers and talked and texted all the time. I soon started to spend a lot of my evenings at her house, getting to know her and her friends better. Until one night, Zoe spontaneously invited me over to hers for dinner. I jumped at the offer, although in truth I was really nervous. After all, I'd never been cooked for by anyone else other than family, and obviously restaurants up until then. So being cooked for by a girl was a big deal to me. I threw on the best clothes I could find at such short notice and walked a short walk to her house. She'd gone to a lot of effort, although once again, I didn't have much to compare it to. I'd never been cooked steak with chips and peas before, and I must say all my fears about being poisoned were put to bed almost immediately. My first ever date had gone off without a hitch, and I was proud. We sat and kissed and talked for hours at night in her living room and watched TV. I was happy again, and I certainly did not give one thought to Kaylee or how she was doing, or what she might think or feel if she knew I'd moved on. She shouldn't have been on my mind, to be honest. After all, two years had passed. So to push her out of my mind and caught up in the moment, I pondered as to whether to ask Zoe out and make us official, but quickly shook it off as it was still early days. And the last thing I wanted to do was scare her off. Instead, I decided, however, to return the favour. 
and I invited her over for a film one evening the following week. But let's be honest, I knew the real reason I invited her over. I wanted to fool around with her, although I knew I wouldn't be at all confident enough to start this off or to make the first move. Remember, this was the first girl to have ever been in my room. Like, ever. Everything that happened with a girl had been at school or in their living room. So to have a girl on my bed, alone with me, was a milestone in itself. Whether she realised this, I don't know. But the two of us just lay there on my single bed watching Bad Boys, prolonging the inevitable. My heart was beating so fast it was making me sick. So eventually I mastered all the courage I could get and leaned over and kissed her. And soon after the boundary lines between friends and morning friends were crossed. It was nice. That's the best way I can describe it. At the time I was pleased that I was getting somewhere with her. And even more pleased, I was having my first university It would make for an interesting discussion over breakfast for Clive and I the following day. It wasn't long before days later we were back at mine watching TV. That Zoe and I decided to take our relationship a step further. Keep in mind that prior to this, the only experience of sex I'd had was a few pumps at the gas station with Kaylee, and then the old porn video representation. I still had no idea what to do, and I had to make sure Zoe was aware of this. After all, there was no way I was going to have her think I was some stud with a penis of steel. However, she understood, and once the deed was underway, she was gentle and more or less took control. I surprisingly, according to her, didn't come across as a novice. And as we lay there tired from the 30 minute stint I just pulled, I figured at that moment, rather cringingly, was the best time to address our relationship status. So, what does this mean now then? I asked her, are we, um, are we going out? I was wondering when you were going to ask me out. Do you want to? She asked me back. I told her I did, and she promptly agreed. That was it. That was all it took. For days after, I had the biggest smile on my face. I was back in business. I was in my first university relationship, and was moving differently, and was happier than I'd been in a while. I felt I'd come a long way and was adamant that my thing with Zoe was sure to last. It just had to and I looked forward to what the future held for us. I was also sure to never look at my bed and bedroom floor the same way again. <laughs>